0: So without further ado, sit back, relax and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to Fire in the Belly. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we're joined by the Ryan Others. Good afternoon, Ryan. Good afternoon.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this.
0: Oh, listen, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, Ryan. So tell us, who are you, what are you doing, where are you from?
1: So my name is Ryan Carruthers. I am from Lincoln in the UK, so not that far away from you. And I'm a digital entrepreneur. I help people build, launch and scale their membership businesses. And that has come from me owning various different membership businesses, various different tech and online businesses and just really loving it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's me.
0: Are you doing what you're supposed to do?
1: I believe so, yes. Well, I wake up every single morning happy singing a variety of different songs as well, which drives the wife mad. So, yeah, I think that for me, I'm happy every single day. And sometimes I sit and I'll go to my favorite coffee shop in the morning and I'll just grab my coffee. I'll probably just sit there for a few minutes before. And I'm like, I actually have an amazing life. Like, I get to just sit here. If I sat here all day, it wouldn't really matter. Uh, So, yeah, I think I'm. I'm supposed to be doing what i'm supposed to be doing
0: cool i like it can i ask what's in the on the sort of the mental jukebox today is there a particular song that jumped out this morning
1: um it was a mixture of the divinals when i think about you i touch myself because that was on the radio and also i've been singing tina turner and shania twain because that was also on the radio so i have just like usually full of energy usually a big bundle of fun um so i'm usually singing or dancing around the house
0: (laughs) it's amazing it's amazing the stories of the mental jukebox what comes out every morning it's a real uh yeah tina turner i'm seeing it you know it's like loving it why not
1: you're seeing me like tapping my leg in the kitchen i am now yeah in the morning you're man. yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's, that, it's that tina swagger coming up to get the morning coffee you know love it love it oh dear so talk to us i mean digital entrepreneur i mean it's it's kind of a it's it's a bit of a i wouldn't say it, it's quite a it's it's more common a title now but can you break mm. it down for us a little bit
1: yeah so um i sort of fell into the digital world to be honest with you i um i always describe my life as a series of um unfortunate events that led to a series of very fortunate ones so i was I'm a physiotherapy by trade. I was away at university, finishing my physio degree and my dad got ill. Um, Dad's one of my idols, hardest working man I've ever met in my life and provided for me and my family, et cetera, et cetera, and taught me a lot of really good business lessons. He's been self-employed for many years. And then I ran his company for for a couple of years until he got back to full health, such what he did. And I just loved it. I found it really, really easy. But what I found that was the best thing for me was people i really like people the more i can engage with people the better i'm happiest um if i've been shut in an office all day i fear for my wife when i get home because if she's the first person i've seen all day she's getting like everything i want to know everything about what she did that day i want to know the color of the grass i, wanna, I just want to know everything um i'm sure you're probably gonna have some ideas on my i think that way um, but then what happened when he came back to Full Health was I'd had this experience of running my own business, effectively, because he just was like, crack on some. And then I, um, I was also trading on the website Betfair, so I've been one of Betfair's traders for many, many years. And I started to share that learning with people. And then people was just like, that's great, Ryan, but I'm not going to do that. Can you just email me every day and just say, this is the best trades for the day? So I started to do that because I don't. I've got a very obsessive personality. I didn't know anything about digital marketing. I didn't know anything about marketing online or anything like that. So then, what I did was I started to go down that rabbit hole of, Ooh. you know, you know, when something piques your curiosity. I'm very much of the belief of let it, and I, I will try to do that. I'll try and be as curious as possible because I think that that's one of the most exciting things about life. And that keeps it fresh. You know, there's that point when you're a child, and then you become an adult, where you stop asking those curious questions. And I always want to be curious. So I started getting really curious at the whole digital marketing world, and just realised that I love it. I'm a real student of the game, I can suck that information up, I can, I can digest it. And then from there, I just started building out digital businesses. So I started running the Facebook advert campaigns, uh, creating the content, getting into the SEO, and then just every single week, it seemed to get easier and easier and easier for me. And I seemed to really find where I fit. And then, gosh, that's like ten years in a in a nutshell. So so now I I run a couple of businesses. I run the Membership Mastery, which is where I help people build, launch, and scale, and I run Better Trading Community. Um, in Betfair Trading Community, it's a membership, Um, it's a software membership with a teaching element to to it as well, and I run the sales and marketing side of that that business, Um, which that move has only happened in the last sort of year that I've moved sort of into that role, and that's coincided with everybody on the team being happier, me being happier with that business, and also as a sort of knock on of that profitability has increased.
0: Oh, wow. That's that's quite a, it's, it's I mean, a lot of that, you use a lot of love language around the stuff you do there, which is great, you know, and look forward to learning more about that. First of all, tell us, I mean, what does fire in the belly mean to you?
1: Well, that's a good question. It's that, for me, it's that internal motivation to be like, that's what I want to achieve. I'm going to do it. And this is, this is the momentum, this is the belief, this is the get up, not like I hate the word get up and go because it makes me sound like I'm such an old person. But that's like that internal driver that when times are hard and you are having a difficult day, for whatever reason, you've you've got that like energy source that's just like, yeah, I've got your back, you can do this. Uh, and then that but that works both ways for me as well so not just on the bad days where you're like oh gosh I'm not feeling it today I'm tired or whatever Um, the cat's kept me up or whatever it is to push you on I think it's on the good days as well and you know listen hopefully the listeners can think back to some of those days where they've genuinely been in the flow and that's when you've that's when you've really got that fire not just in your belly thing is in sync, everything is working, and it's just flowing nicely, like literally roaring through you, like a flame.
0: And is it fire in the valley, Is that something you have?
1: Oh yeah, all the time. I don't, I don't even know where it comes from.
0: That's awesome. You talked about flow there. Can you can you describe that a bit more? A bit more for us.
1: Yeah. So sometimes I just feel like I'm in a flow. So I I feel like nothing I can. Nothing I'm going to do is going to fail or I don't feel like, I feel time is passing me by quite quickly without me realising, but I'm just getting so much work done. Um, And then I know some some of those things that I'm doing. So usually for me, if I'm writing email sequences for marketing campaigns, I can get into the flow quite quickly. I like that. I enjoy that. And as I get older, I appreciate that more and i go that's what i should be doing so now when i get to a to an impasse in the business and i go well is that going to get me that feeling of the flow where i feel like i can do anything i can, if i whatever i type is going to be good then that's the road i want to go down more Um, and that's the flow for me where it's just like it just feels effortless and time is just moving
0: That's awesome. When, and you're using very kinesthetic language there—very feeling, very doing. Is that is that sort of normal for you? Is that is that your way? Do you think?
1: Yep, hundred percent. I am very much, I believe, to the point, and I'm quite expressive with that, and I make no apologies for the person that I am.
0: Oh, that's awesome. No, it's. I mean, when you know yourself like that, and because you're coming across as someone that. You know, you 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 are who you are, and, and you you are representing yourself as opposed to projecting a different vision of yourself. Does it does that make sense?
1: Hundred mm, percent. And I I've, I've had that feedback quite a few times from from many people, and uh, I just find it easier to be this way. You know, there's no with me. There is hopefully no like agenda or nothing like that. I just I'm curious about life, curious about people. And I get to have amazing conversations every day like this. So, why wouldn't I be happy?
0: <laughs> what is curiosity for you then?
1: Oh, man. I mean, that is like an eighth wonder of the world question. Curiosity for me is not accepting things for face value. And if you get that feeling in your belly, that fire in your belly, or that sort of switch that goes. Hmm, that's interesting. Is exploring that? That's what curiosity is for me, and that can. So I also think that it can be linked to creativity as well. So very recently, I've always always thought that creative people were artists, poets, singers, etc. And what I've realised from reading quite a few books recently is actually solving complex problems is creativity, but you've got to have the curiosity to ask the right questions and. You know, I I always refer back to my wife. She's such a huge part of me and my, my, well, I think my success, I genuinely don't think I would be where I am without her. But she always says, if I meet somebody, I'm lucky for them if they don't want to answer my questions because it's literally like I'm going to pick their pockets because I'm curious about them. So I want to know because I think, gosh, I'm going around the houses a little bit here, but I think curiosity for me is finding out something that I don't know. I think that's the best way for me to describe it.
0: Do you think do you think people get you?
1: Not always, no. I think sometimes I sometimes I scare people. My confidence scares people. I know that I am a, and I'm very aware of my personality in some of those situations. I know that I can ha- I've got a big personality and I know that it can put people off. And I'm, also, I'm six foot two, I'm big and I'm tall. Um, I'm I'm strong in my personality, so I know that sometimes it does scare people, um, and I can I have to be very aware of that sometimes.
0: Why Why do you think it scares them?
1: Because they're not confident, I, and I'm. Sometimes I can be quite challenging in the questions that I ask, not without meaning to be. Uh, it doesn't come from a bad place. It's just. I'm asking questions that I don't mind being asked myself, and think, "Oh, everybody's the same as me." When they're not,
0: not that, because uh, that's, that's what I was trying to understand. You know, when when people are, as you say, scared of you, it can be as in the accusational way, or as in this is going to be deep, and I kind of almost aren't prepared for where you're potentially going to take me. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I think mean, it's more on the sort of deeper side. They're just—they know that I'm confident, and 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 they have said that to me before. They've gone, "I'm not like you, I'm not confident like you." You like, don't have to be confident to have this conversation. Mm. You know, this is a safe space. It's just me and you, or me and a friend, or whatever. So sometimes that does scare people.
0: Mm. Do you do you like a deep conversation? Oh, I love it. What's what makes a good deep conversation
1: for me is like challenging beliefs. So challenging the belief that I had on something or just showing me a different perspective on something that I didn't see. It's one of the reasons I love people and it's why I tend to gravitate as well towards I have lots of different people in my life who I have certain conversation it's really, really good friend who's really academic and me and him have some really really deep conversations because on an academic level i hate it i'm bored of it i hate it he loves it but he usually has the way he looks at the world is different to me and i heard this on a podcast that if you don't expect to see the world everybody to see the world the way you do you'll understand life much better and then that changed the game for me because i was like oh yeah, how many conversations do I have with people who see it differently to me? And that's what I want. I want different perspectives on life. I want different views on life. I want different people to to ask me questions that I never would ask, which is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to see what you're going to say to me.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it's a threat or a challenge. It's like, yeah, it's awesome. So you mentioned the word beliefs there. <laughs> what, uh, what are your mm-hmm. beliefs?
1: What do I believe? I don't really have any like massive, massive beliefs. I believe more of my beliefs are in myself and in the people around me. So I believe that I can achieve what I want to achieve. Uh, I believe that I'm happy. Um, And I believe that I have fun. Um, And I believe that Jurgen Klopp is the greatest man in the history of the world. Let's you know what my football team is there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really have sort of massive beliefs like that. I, I mean, on a sort of marketing um, beliefs, I believe people are fundamentally motivated by their own self interest. So I believe that people do things out of their own, own self interest and that motivates them to make decisions on whether they're going to buy a product or not. And then if you can align your product and understand your market the best, I believe that, oh, wow, you are good. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. And I also believe that if you know your market better than your competitors, you will be able to serve that market better. And that is the key to it. Um, Interesting this is because I also believe that a lot of time when people talk and present they make themselves the hero of the journey, not the customer. So how many times do you go and see a presentation and the person stands up at the front of the room and they just go, hi, my name's Ryan and I'm blah, 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 blah. And they'll just just talk for ages about what they've achieved. The audience doesn't care about that because I believe they're fundamentally motivated by their own self-interest. So yeah, I started out thinking I didn't have many beliefs and then, uh, we ended up with a few, there, didn't we? <laughs> well,
0: it's, it's always interesting once you start to unpack them, you know, but mm. you mentioned self-interest there a couple of times. I mean, what's your take on self-interest?
1: So I think self-interest is people's interest in themselves, what they want to achieve and what they want to say and then how they will how they go about achieving that and how, and how they go about talking about that I think that's self interest putting your own agenda upon somebody else or trying to get further in life that's self interest for me
0: and would you would you say as positively or negatively charged what what's your view on it
1: I think it depends i think it depends on the person and how aware they are uh, I know some people who we are negatively charged with the way that they're they're not curious but when they're having conversation they want they'll listen they're not even listening to you they're, they're just you've mentioned a word and they've got an experience to talk about that and they're just going yeah can't wait for them to show up Yeah, yeah. as soon as they show up i'm saying my point and then they do that i think that's negative self-interest and then I think a positive self-interest is is totally different, where you actually engage in having a conversation and listening, and growing as a, a human being.
0: Mm. It's, a, it's a very, I find that a very interesting concept. I mean, can you what's what's your take on listening versus hearing?
1: So I think hearing, you're not processing the words, so they're like they're going into your ears but they're not really sinking in. Whereas listening, they're going in and they're like embedding in your brain and connecting to these neurons and these thought patterns that your brain's actually processing them.
0: Mm. That's it. And do you think, I mean, to be, to be, you know, if someone's being listened do, do they need a feedback response? Or is it more a case of how you digest it yourself?
1: I think it depends. Some people, have, some people can process that information quicker than others. Some other people, their feedback response will be just a nod of the head or, a hmm, or you can actually, you, you can see the, the wheels turning. Um, so I think that's sort of the response that, that you would get.
0: Sure. Sure. And how, how do you, how do you listen? What's, what's your sort of preferred method?
1: Oh, gosh, that's a good question. I prefer... My brain works quite quickly, so I tend to, to listen. It seems to process it very, very quickly and then I'm almost ready for a response quite quickly, which is probably another reason why I scare people because my brain works quite quickly. And if you get somebody else like me whose brain also works quickly, around the table or in the room with somebody who isn't like us then they're probably really 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 gonna hate us because uh, we're gonna be like pow 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 um, so yeah i think my sort of setup is a bit quicker so i can process it quite fast and then i'm ready
0: and, and when you say you're processing i mean are you are you visualizing are you you're bringing into your head you're sort of running it through your own mechanism or do you, do you know what way you sort of think and process
1: it's very visual I can I can, so I can almost see it I can almost see it and I almost have this feeling like I can connect the dots which sounds crazy when you say it out loud but I can just connect the dots but one thing I have really really worked on over the last few years is not just going for it so actually I read a book called The Coaching Habit, Habit which was recommended to me on like a Harvard Business Review um, website that was on for some crazy reason. And there were some questions on there. And it's one of those books that really changed my life because it, it said to ask people what they were struggling with, and then listen to the answers, which I was doing. But then I would, I think a lot of people want to give, you know, human beings want to teach their knowledge, they want to share and share in those experiences. But What it said was to say, and what else? Because very rarely the first thing that somebody says to you is their main problem. So, and what else? And then it took you down a pathway. And I started testing this on various different people, wife included, but she kind of picked up on it. And, um, yeah, and that coincided with me also reading a negotiation Chris Foss book. And she was like, stop doing that. Um, But when you said, and what else? And then... You say, okay, there's a couple of things there that I believe I can help you with, but what are your ideas about that problem? And then what that did for me, especially being in the world that I'm in with marketing and helping people and, and selling products was to go, well, do you know what? What I think is the solution isn't always the solution. So what we're quick to jump in and give advice on actually can overwhelm people sometimes. So to go, okay, so what are you struggling with? And then, and what else? Okay. Well, I've got a couple of ideas that can help you. What's, what have you got planned for that? And then use your experience to say, okay, well, if you're going to do that, these are the learnings that I've made. And then at the end of that, to really, really get into it and go, well, what from what I told you was most useful for you, that then you know what is actually hitting the spot.
0: because I, I suppose when you when you are quite visual like that and you can see the problems, I mean, do you struggle to sort of hold yourself back in that way? You know, just go and just do this, this, and this. You know, oh sorry, I spoke too much. Sorry. <laughs>
1: um, I used to be. Um, I'm not that way anymore. With some people who, okay, like I, have, I have a friend who is starting out online and Well, has had a sort of bricks and mortar business and is now moving his business online. And he comes to me for that and actually says to me, I want you to be a wrecking ball. I want you to be that person. Um, and I'm coming to you because I know that you won't hold back. Um, so it's just and this is another thing about getting older and understanding actually some people who who needs that and who doesn't need that and then me just not fully holding back but me just not going and scaring that person straight away um is is something that i'm learning as i get older
0: i mean what 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 are your sort of superpowers or core values, if you like, I mean, let's start with your superpowers.
1: So my number one is that I have to have fun so it's that I'm ridiculously serious. I'm ridiculously professional. You will get everything that I've got all day. You'll get it. But I want to have fun. If I'm, if I'm doing a business that's not fun, I'm not going to do it. Um, and the moment that doesn't become fun for me is the moment i am gone because that's when you get me at my best. That's when you get me at my most engaged um, and then that flow that flow leads into my over powers that i i feel like i possess i can talk to humans i can get on with people i can find out the information i need to find out not in a spanish inquisition way or any like nlp type i'm reading your mind type of way but i'm just curious and i like talking to people um and you've got so you've got me having fun, that's a core value for me and a core value of every business. Um, you get that I just love talking to people. I'm consistent in my approach as well. Um, always consistent. And, and I'm, I'm to the point. I'm honest. What you see is what you get. If you work with me, I will call you out and you can call me out. And yeah, that's sort
0: of where I'm at with it. Mm. That's awesome. Can, can you read minds?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could.
0: Would you, well, would you, okay, let's change the phrasing a bit. Would you classify yourself as intuitive? Yes. Mm. In what way?
1: I think I can see where people are trying to get to in certain scenarios because I've been through it myself and I can see the issues that they're going to come up against that they might not know yet. Again, it's connecting some of those dots, especially if I've been through through that experience or it's relevant to, to my life experience.
0: Mm. And the fun side, what does fun look like for you?
1: Looks like Liverpool winning the league. Um, it's it's a whole like it's a whole host of it. I don't. I need freedom. So, freedom to to have fun. Freedom to be able to go to the gym and not be restricted on time. Freedom to go and play golf. Freedom to go have coffee with friends in the week. Um, and also freedom in the business to be able to have fun with it be able to do posts that are fun to be able to create content that is fun to have fun conversations like this to have fun conversations with clients Um, like i'm not going to work with you if i if i don't get that right feeling from you Um, if we can have a laugh if we can have a joke um while being serious of course but for me it's it's got to be it has to be fun uh, it has to put a smile on my face. That's what fun is for me.
0: Because I'm struck as well, before you saying, you know, when you hit a sort of an impasse in a business or somewhere that, you know, you, one, recognizing that you're blocked and then two, you're sort of attaching and saying, well, is this fun or where do I go? Because w- when you do hit blockages like that, do, you know, well, do you often hit that? And, and do you mentally sort of have to sit down and work your way through it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I schedule time to think on the business. Like to sit in like a room like I'm in now, I'm in a private meeting room in my co-working space and I will I will literally grab a pen and a piece of paper, old school as well, phone, laptops gone and I'll write the problem down at the top of the piece of paper and I'll just let everything I'm thinking fall out about that problem or that thinking. Because this is one of the things I think with business, I, I don't think people it's probably life as well. I don't think they give themselves enough thinking time to think about what they actually want. And it can be very easy to make a snap decision, uh, and a quick decision in business and life. Um, you know, you mentioned to me before we came on air, don't go and buy the, buy the Ferrari or the, the Lamborghini after this. And I think it's having that thinking time. And that, that's something I learned from an old business partner. He he said to me never ever ever agree to do something on the first meeting ever or the first conversation ever just literally think about it and then that led me down this curiosity of thinking about more things and then I read a book called The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham and that's all about giving yourself the thinking time and there's chapters in there and things to think about in your business and that book is another one of those books that changed my life, and so now when I get to one of those impasses, I grab a pen and a piece of paper, and I'll just think about it and then I'll also try and look at am might be rational so sometimes i'm I might be irrational about a uh, an issue in the business, and then I try and try and work that out, and then from there i get this plan in my head of how I think I'm going to tackle it. And then I am ridiculously fortunate that I've got people around me and um, that are at a bigger level than me or, or a deeper level. So then I'll put my ideas past them if I feel like I need a second set of eyes and then we'll just sort of powwow that. Again, it's fun. It's conversations like this. It's deep. It's challenging. and um, And then we'll see where we go from there.
0: It's interesting, as you say, I mean, because you're saying the the isolating yourself to go through a thinking process, one is interesting itself. And, you know, it sounds like that's obviously a very powerful thing to you. Do you then, you know, you mentioned sort of going off to peers and, and sort of mentors, et cetera. Is that something you then do? Is, is that, do you have to qualify that or are you content in your own voice and your own opinion to begin with?
1: It all depends on the problem. So sometimes, sometimes when I'm sort of writing it all out i'll go ah i've got it um uh, or sometimes i'll just go i'm not quite sure on that issue so who do i then i seem have this internal process that's like okay so i'm not going to worry about that because i'm not the i'm not the best person for that but i know that my friend brad is very very good at that so what i'll do is i'll drop brad a text and go hey buddy do you fancy grabbing a coffee i've got something i want to chat to you about but done and then as far as my brain's concerned it's like whoosh it's done and so I have to speak to until so I speak to Brad don't need to worry about it um so so I don't worry about it
0: that's powerful I mean to be able to as you say to either compartmentalize it to sort of recognize how you're feeling and and you know put that either put it to one side or do something about it you know is that something in the people you come across? Is, do, you, do you find that's a common trait or do you find other people struggle with that?
1: So I used to think that everybody was the same and everybody could do that. And I've realised that they can't. And I'm actually in the minority of people and a lot of people overthink it and cannot seem to sort of put that aside. Um, and I couldn't tell you where it comes from from me. It's just the way that I've always gone well, uh, I, I can't change that. So I can spend the next two weeks whittling about it, uh, but it's not going to change anything. Um, so what's the point? So, yeah, I don't think it's commonplace. You
0: know, it's always, it is always interesting, you know, because some people like the sound of their own voice too, and it's, it's very hard to get a, get a fresh perspective on that. Tell us, take us right back. I mean, talk to us about mini Ryan, who, who are we looking at?
1: Mini Ryan was, uh, well, how, how far back are we going? Because mini Ryan at 12 was six foot. So, um,
0: <laughs> not that many, then take yeah. us back further than when you are mini.
1: <laughs> so mini Ryan was just a kid that was curious. I was, I've always been curious. I was that wheeler-dealer kid, you know, that kid that would buy sweets and sell them for a little bit more. I remember a kid came into school and he, was, he wanted to buy a guitar or something, so he was selling his PlayStation games. And he wanted £100 for them all, and I said, I'll have them all, and then borrowed the money off my dad, who actually made me go and work with him to get the, the money to do it. And then I sold all of those games off for a little bit more. Um I always had fun as a kid. Like I looked back and I had fun. I had friends that I had fun with. I hung around with people who I had fun with. I played a lot of sport, like every sport that you could think of. I just I just played. And I I could, I know my parents said to me that even as a sort of three, four, five-year-old, I could hold a conversation with an adult then and I was always asking the right questions and that sort of went through my life. So then I used to, I went to, um, my dad had a sports injury, he went to see a physio. I went with him and was asking questions of the physio like at eight and nine, like, why are you doing that? And I think that's one of the reasons why I did physio because anatomy, like the human body is incredible. Like, just absolutely incredible. Like we talk about the psychology of the human brain. it's like on a different level, amazing, but just the pure anatomical movement, the fact that as I'm speaking, you're nodding is just fascinating to me. I want to know why it's doing that and those questions they just flow through my life all the time and always a really curious kid and now an adult, which I bet drove my parents and now wife
0: crazy. Do you, do you find that, um, are you concerned about your own power, your own potential? No. That's, I suppose, whenever you sort of start asking questions like that and remaining curious, I think is a very, very healthy thing, you know, but sometimes when you understand there is always the risk of manipulation, you know, of saying, I understand, I suppose in digital marketing, et cetera, that if I do this, chances are I'll get somebody to respond in a certain way. You have a, you have a control mechanism.
1: Mm, I think, but tied to my, sides to my values, I know that I'm in it for the right reasons. I know that I actually do want to help people. So I think if I wasn't that anchored and also I know with that and I, openly say that my wife makes me a better person. I am a nicer person because she is around me. Um, So I'm not concerned. I think I do things for the right way. And I genuinely do want to help people and help them achieve um, what they want to achieve. And we've put, I will get rid of people from that. You won't even be able to pay to be a member of any of my businesses if I don't think that it's right because I'm not really, I'm not really interested in the money. I'm very fortunate in that sense. Um, I get to, I just get to have fun.
0: If it's, if it's not too personal a question, can I, can I ask what, what values or what, you know, you mentioned your wife makes you a better person. Can I ask in what way?
1: She, she keeps me grounded she I know that I've got a big personality, I'm very strong, I believe in myself that could, under very different circumstances, make me arrogant, and she doesn't just she just doesn't allow that That's like it's not that she's quashed that, but she that characteristic doesn't exist in our relationship so that keeps me grounded that keeps me the person that I am and I really enjoy that and I really like the the person that I am and we are like we're a team like what I have she doesn't have what I don't have she does have and that just makes me a much better nicer person.
0: Mm. I mean the lesson is very very humble and you know I appreciate you and thank you for for sharing that you know it's um to have that in your life is, is very special.
1: Yeah, she is a diamond type girl. Bless
0: her. I guess I mean, really that sort of entrepreneurial gene that was sort of running, it seems, at a quite a young age. I mean, were you first of all, were you running into school or running out of school? Which which direction were you going?
1: I was it running in, mainly because um I think my mum and dad would have killed me and uh I'd lived with a uh, a five foot with green eyes who yeah would have probably scared the devil to be honest so um, yeah she she kept me on the straight and narrow Um, so yeah I was always running into school and I lo- I liked it it wasn't a I didn't find school difficult I was around people that I enjoyed I didn't I always got the same on my school reports good but could do better because I'd never applied myself to to school but not fully, um, but then I never I, never, I never fully academic, you know, I don't want to sit and write pages and pages and pages and pages, let me talk, and that's one of the things that when I went to university to study physiotherapy, it's one of the reasons why it clicked into place for me, because there wasn't written assignments, it wasn't like that, you didn't have to write thousands and thousands of words and then get graded on that because my grammar is horrendous it still is and I could work on it but no it's a boring job for me so I have people that sort my grammar out for me and I was was really practical at university I did practical one-on-one exams and placements and I was graded on that where it was like that allowed me to be me and I actually think that I would love to see that in schools I would love to see how many children do better in schools if you ask them what they wanted to learn instead of telling them what they should know. Mm. I think I think it'd be amazing.
0: It is so hard, isn't it? You know, it's I don't know why the, the expression from Jay Shetty. You know, uh, and he talks. You know, why why would you teach a fish to climb a tree? It's I don't. It's I mean I love the simplicity of it. It's like yeah, right enough. Why why would you? you know, and, and asking the kid, what do they want? And, well, listen, we're not going to get into the education system, but it's so true that, you know, what are you capable of? And tell me, what, what, did, what did young Ryan, what did Ryan want to do when he grew up? What was the plan?
1: Ryan wanted to be a solicitor until the age of probably about 10, 11. And then I wanted to do physiotherapy. Uh, I was obsessed with the body. I was obsessed with that curious thinking and that curious problem solving that came with that. Um, and then alongside all of that, Ryan was uh, wheeling and dealing and uh, sort of always had that element. I was, I was wheeling and dealing at university. I've been wheeling and dealing throughout, throughout my life, really.
0: Mm. Do you know why?
1: <coughs> it's a challenge. It's the challenge of doing something like buying. Not, it's not even about the money. It's can I get that? Can I do that with it? And then can I move on? And can I rinse and repeat that? I really enjoy the challenge. I sold makeup at university. What sort of it was loads of fun.
0: Is it a challenge to you or is it a challenge to somebody else? If you know what I mean, is it?
1: It's me can i can i learn the skills needed to do that can i can i improve on that i do it's very another reason why i love conversations like this i we also had a property development company until very recently and uh, i presented in london and a lady there said to me and she was very 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 high up in JP Morgan. she's retired from that now, but she was very high up in her working life. And she said to me afterwards, you don't even realise the way you look at things. And it was because of my Betfair trading life. I create this hypothesis of what has to happen in a trade. So what has to happen for me to profit in a trade? So what has to happen? And I will just work through those scenarios. And then very, very quickly assess them or learn this or try and learn the skill needed. And I didn't even realize until she said that to me. And then that was one of those moments that was like, wow, I do that instinctively with everything. So now when I'm looking at a Facebook ads campaign, what has to happen to make this Facebook ads campaign better? Well, I've got to. I've got to lower my cost per lead. I've got to increase my engagement. How do I do all of those things? And then I go down these rabbit holes to to do that. And the same on a personal level as well. You know, if I want to learn something personally about myself, what has to happen for me to do that? Or well, is there a limiting belief there? Which for me, there doesn't seem to be limiting beliefs, which is really crazy. Um, but it's just. What, what has to happen for me to get to where I want to get to.
0: So talk to us about limiting beliefs. What about them? What well, can you explain, I suppose, people that maybe just aren't used to the terminology yeah. and, you know, what potentially they, they would look out for?
1: So a limiting belief, I believe, is a belief that you have that limits you from, getting a desired outcome. That doesn't have to be profit, that can be relationship, it can be whatever. Uh, but I don't seem, for me, I don't know how or why, I just don't seem to to have that. I, I know that there's people around me that can help me. So if I am struggling, and I think it does go back to that what has to happen question, I get to an impasse and I'm like, okay, I don't understand SEO, search engine optimization, for example. Mm. Well, do I know somebody that does? Yes. Okay. Well, that's, for me, that's not going to limit my progress. It's like, okay, I'll I'll go there. Um, and a lot of the time, people have limiting beliefs about, in my experience, people talking to me about earning a certain amount of money. They don't believe that they can earn that amount of money, so they don't try. So, yeah, I think that's what limiting beliefs are.
0: Out of curiosity then, I mean, what, what, what holds you back?
1: Nothing. I, nothing.
0: It's a great place to be.
1: Yeah, I only do something if I want to do it. Um, and yeah, nothing really, really holds me back.
0: Hmm. What about ego?
1: What about ego?
0: What's what's your take on it?
1: Some people have a big one. Some people, yeah, some people are very egotistical. They, they project the ego. They live the life for the ground or they do things for the sheer benefit that it, gives them for their ego which uh, I don't believe I have to do that hopefully it doesn't come across like I have a huge ego um, so yeah I mean I think ego can also be materialistic people buy things to look good and want to be materialistic it's not me I still I still wear the same belt that I wore when I was 18 because it hasn't broken it might be out of fashion now but it probably was never in fashion when I bought it so um <laughs> But yeah, I think mean, ego can be projecting your probably projecting what probably projecting what you want people to perceive you as and then living up to that which actually probably isn't the true version of yourself. Mm. What do you think ego is?
0: It's it's a number of things. I think I think we all have to have it. I think, you know, I mean I I chimp paradox, Stephen Peters, the whole works. I mean, I, I you know my head I have this chimp, but I've I've dressed it up in a bikini and, and really badly applied makeup, you know, so I kind of you know, I can keep them in check. Um I think you need it to stay alive. I think it's part of your sort of conscious belief system. I think it's there uh, for good reason and but then again, you just have to put it on the leash and, and you know mm. bypass and do all sorts. So, yeah, I think there's, there's I think it takes a lot of work to, to bypass it and get through it. But um, being aware of it, I think, is, is a really good start. Mm. A really good start, you know, and, and listening to your own language and stuff like that, which is hard, super hard, mm. you know. But what's what's one of the most powerful questions you, you can think of?
1: I think questions are all about context, so it depends in the context in which the conversation is is going or what is happening. Because it's like a yes is great, but without a plan, it's useless. So for me, it would have the great question is one that is around the right context.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, context and yeah, sort of what does that mean? Taking it to the next level. Mm so take us back then in terms of through schooling you know you were accountancy wasn't for you and you were well what what you know you've moved towards the physiotherapy what what triggered the physiotherapy where did that come from
1: so strangely accountancy wasn't for me but it was for the wife she's a chartered accountant um physiotherapy for me was i was fascinated with, with the way the body moved i I was fascinated with the way the body moved. I was fascinated by being able to help people. And I was also fascinated by just that problem solving. So, somebody comes into you. So, I always have one patient who I'll never forget this lady. And uh, she came in with her husband and she held her arm like this, wouldn't move her arm at all. Would not move it. I could not get near this arm, and every time I went to, she, she said, "Oh, that hurts," or "Oh, you can't do that," or "I can't move it." And I'm like, "You're telling me somebody who understands what's to do it? Okay, this is more psychological than it is physiological." So I had to take a different tact on that. So I had to try and find out about this lady, what could trigger her to move this up? What, what was she like? What did she like? What didn't she like? Where was she now? Where did she want to get to? All of these types of things. And through conversations, one of the things that she said she hated not being able to do was the housework. She was a neat freak. If she walked into a room, everything that was in its place could not leave its place, it needed to be there. So what I did was I got the biggest, biggest Swiss ball that you can find, and I put it in the room. It was huge. It was pink. It was massive. You couldn't miss the Swiss ball. And I said to her husband, "They came in. She always came in with her husband as well, always." I said to, her, "Can I just have a quick word with you outside?" And he said, "Yeah." And as I left, I flicked the Swiss ball, so the Swiss ball rolled. We stood outside and I said to him, I don't actually have anything to say to you, but what I want to do is I want to try and see if when we get back in that room, that Swiss ball's in the place that it's stopped, or if she's put it back, because there's no way on this planet she can lift that Swiss ball with one arm. Went back in, Swiss ball, back in the place. I was like, how did that get there? And she's like, oh, well, i moved it. How? Thought you couldn't move your arm." so that was that was why i loved it i loved i just loved those complex problems i didn't even know that when i was younger it's only now like i look back so you know steve jobs says it's only by looking back can you connect the dots and that that was physio for me i just loved that i loved dealing with people i loved solving their problems i loved helping them and i loved the anatomy and then that real high level problem solving aspect of it
0: that, that comes across as like next level physiotherapy because I mean you're, you're way past the, the physical there I mean this is not you know it's not a, a physical impairment per se that's into the mental side right
1: which is part of the part of every injury and that's what you're taught as a physio so that this uh, some of your injuries that you are having with your hands with your feet with your elbows they probably don't even stem from there they stem from your spine so, with every injury, there's the actual where do you feel the pain? Where is it being caused? And then what's the mental aspect of that? So, it's not just this one like elbow that's where the pain is, that's where the issue is. What else causes that? And that's the same in life and business. What else is causing you to make that decision to do that thing, to say that, that thing that you're saying? Well, what, what's your programming around that? And understanding that gives you a great, great depth of, uh, of experience and also insight into the world.
0: What's, what's the split for you then, I suppose, in terms of, you know, physical impairment versus mental impairment? I mean, maybe impairment's too judgmental a word, but what is the split, do you think? That's a
1: difficult one. Really difficult one to answer because it's dependent on the person. So some people, some people it's higher and other people it's it's lower. So you have some people that they can just, their mental impairment isn't as great as their physical. So you when you treat their physical, that's fine. And other people will probably still have quite a high physical impairment. But the mental has gone has outweighed that, so you need to treat that element of their injury before you can treat the the physical side. Because if you don't treat that, then they'll never get better.
0: Well, it's, it is amazing, you know, as you say, the, the two that tie together, and and you know how people are restricted or hold themselves back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um. I talking to someone recently they talk about multiple you know split personalities but like different personalities had different abilities and uh injuries you know and it's like it's a different person to the point I mean one of the personalities needed glasses the other one didn't is that just mind-blowing or what wow mm. wow so I t- you know it's it's a it- yeah, it it just sets off a whole level of curiosity. and you, go, uh, you know, what if?
1: But How did they even discover
0: that? It's and that that's the thing. I mean, literally to the point they had eleven personalities. Yeah, and it was all literally because there was one of them that used to be in certain circumstances and in a sort of a schooling academic environment had to wear glasses. You had pain, went got glasses, all the rest, and then this other <laughs> the other personality would appear and and yeah don't what's the glasses for us actually give me a sore head doing that
1: wow humans are amazing they fascinate me
0: yeah you know it's um do you are you do you like people watching or do you like that sort of watching <laughs> what's oh yes Where, where's the favorite place for that is that a is that a good coffee shop stuff
1: uh, yeah i like a good coffee shop there's there's a good one in lincoln um 200 degrees but I just love it like, anywhere. I just love it. Abroad, just seeing how people interact with each other, the body language that they use, the facial expressions, um, I love it. I just love it. I just, yeah. I love people watching.
0: And I'm curious then, cause when you, you were talking about, you know, the sort of what, you know, what people, you know, what, what do you need to do to make it happen? You know, what, what needs to happen? Where does that come from? I mean, is that is that you trying to sort of almost bring your visualization into play or what is it?
1: I think it is, I think it's it's me breaking down those steps. So and I describe this to the, to the members that that work with me as well and say that people buy your product, they join your membership, they buy a course because they want to solve a problem now your problem is the top of Mount Everest. People don't just go straight to the top of Mount Everest. They go to base camp one, two, three, four, etc., and then they get to the summit. But before that, they are thinking about climbing Mount Everest. And it's just my way of going, that's where I need to get to. I think I need to do these steps in order to do that Once I've done that one. I can get to that one and that one and that one and that one. Now we might not go, they might not be the right steps, but that's the direction we're going. In. We're going to get to there. We're not sure where we're going to go this way and this way and this way and this way and this way. And this way. We might go back a little bit and then go there. And it's, it's not having the rigidity to say it's got to be that way. It's like I think a lot of people have a directional goal. And then they put rigid steps in. And then when they get to the one step and fail, that's it, they're done. Whereas for me, it's just like, that's the direction I'm getting in. These are the steps I think I need to go to get there and let's go. And it's just a way of me sort of planning it out, really, so that I can maximize my effort.
0: And and do you find, I mean, are our sort of humans in, in the general is everyone does everyone have that big goal or do they actually see it or or do they know where they're going in general?
1: It doesn't have to be a big goal. It can be anything that's important to you. I think I think not everybody has it. They, A lot of people probably feel like they sleepwalk through life. Mm. Uh, and that goal could be literally anything. If you don't know how to read, it could be learning to read. If you want to run a marathon, it could be running a marathon. This is the... The thing that a lot of people often get sort of confused with is it doesn't have to be a monetary goal. Like it it can genuinely be a goal of running a marathon or running a 10K or running a 5K or running a K. I really don't care what it is. Goals are subjective. They're personal. So if you want to run 1K, that's your goal. or well, direction to get there, let's run. Let's run 100 meters, and then let's walk meters. Whatever it is, so I think set the goal that that you want to achieve, and then go there. It doesn't have to be monetary.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, as you say. It's 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 all perspective. It's all relative, right? Yeah. So through university physiotherapy, that was your thing. What happened at the other side then?
1: So, well, I had a, had a few things. So it was. uh, Physiotherapy, I was selling makeup, I was trading on Betfair, Um, dad became ill and I stepped into that business and I increased the turnover in that business. I ran that how I saw fit, I saw gaps in the market, I saw things that we were, were not doing and quite analytical. So... We were doing so. I know my dad's company had a window cleaning company. Had lots of people that worked for him, and um, we were doing quite a lot of houses. Now, in a housing estate, we might have three houses on this road, two houses on this road, three houses on this road, and the guys would park here, do those, walk, do this. and I'm like, not because I'm whipping them or anything. I'm like, well, that's that's lost time. Between all of those houses, where can I find things that aren't lost time? So it became, well, can we get houses opposite? Okay, how do we get the houses opposite? Well, we came up with a really simple leaflet that just asked them a question. And then it was also, okay, what about commercial where? It's like window, 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 window. window. Where can we maximize what we've already got? So yeah, I, I did that for, uh, for a couple of years and then, um, and then moved on to the, the membership stuff alongside some, some property developments. And um, then now up until recently, um, just the membership stuff.
0: Talk to us about your father's illness.
1: It was strange um he went into cardiac arrest on me um uh, but very very strange i i possessed at the time a, that make me sound like Liam Neeson if i say i possess a particular set of skills i was trained i'd spent years in hospitals i could see the signs, um he'd had an operation on his ear, he had cancer in his ear, that was removed. I was changing his dressing, his eyes rolled into the back of his head. Uh, I spotted that, put him down, Can remember it very clearly, threw a pillow at the door, bedroom door, because my mum was coming upstairs. I could, that's like a one in a million shot, never made that again. That closed the door and I said, whatever you do, do not come into this room. And then got to work and then after that, just the switch was just, this is, do what you've got to do. And then after that left the room and he was okay, burst into tears. And probably the last time I cried.
0: Why did you cry?
1: The realization of what could have happened. If that wasn't, that wasn't me in that room, right? Then that'd have been somebody else. What would they have done? Would they have panicked? I don't know. Maybe I didn't. Um, Could I do that again? I don't know. Uh, And also, just my hero. My dad is one of my heroes. So to (laughs) potentially lose him was scary.
0: What did you have to do for
1: him? In terms of the CPR? Mm. so check his breathing check his airways clear the airways and then give him mouth to mouth and he came back around quite quickly and said to me what the bloody hell are you doing I'm like "Um, okay dad
0: (laughs) you're welcome
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah like you're welcome dad Um, so yeah it's I I didn't I didn't even it didn't even trigger on me in the moment that that was my dad that was just what I'd been trained to do which made all those hours at university well worth it do
0: you think it's, it happened for a reason do you believe in fate Do you believe in...
1: I don't I don't know if it happened for a reason I believe that in life that life is probably well believe that life is 30% events and 70% how you react to them so I can react to certain events and there's been other events in my life where Mm. things have happened, I've been involved in situations or seen things that aren't particularly nice now I can turn that into a positive and say I'm going to carry on I'm not going to let that affect my life or I could go the other way and it could totally destroy my life so i think it's probably all about perspective Hmm.
0: Uh, how how have you found you know perspective because i mean you take an event like that which could be you know it's it's a kind of form of trauma i suppose as you say someone that's your hero something's happened control you know it's hitting all the values there insecurities loss etc etc um you know, can you, are you able to process that or does that, does that take a while? It takes a while. It
1: took, it did take a while. I was, I never, I sort of had that time where it was like straight afterwards. I was like, Oh my God, the realization of what just happened was there. And then, then it was like, right, okay, now we're on the phone to paramedics. So I need to then step up and, Explain what happened. Talk through that, um, and then move forward there. And then after that, it probably took like a week or so for me to just realize, whoa, did that just happen? Oh my god, that did. And then, and then for me, it was like, okay, well, that's done now, and I've I have spoken to my dad about it, and my mom, and my sister, etc. And we've we've verbalized that. And now I just sort of, I don't speak about it. It's done, it's in the past and we, I just move forward.
0: In terms then, I mean, of your own inner language, I mean, do you, do you talk to yourself? Do you have a, a dialogue that runs? You know, I'm always, you can phrase that whatever way you want. So people say, you know, do you, have, do you hear voices? And they're like, no. I was like, okay, do you have an inner critic? Oh yeah, yeah, okay, right. Yeah,
1: so they're the voices then. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I have constant conversations with myself. Uh, they can be over loads of different things. A lot of the time they're California dreaming because I went there on honeymoon and I want to go back there. Um and it's just there are things I'm working on. I I've been known to come into a room like this and grab a pen for the whiteboard and literally talk to myself. I think. You've got to, you've got to, for me, you've got to verbalize. I've got to get ideas out there. And I also sing a lot out loud. So you might, if anyone's watching this or listening to this, they might actually see me in a supermarket, sort of humming away to myself. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily criticize myself when I talk to myself, but I work through things. Mm.
0: Is it a single voice? I mean, or do you, you know, you're working with one, or do you have sort of good and bad, or multiple? Um,
1: no, there only seems to be sort of one strong voice. There's probably like a problem solving, professional, businessy voice. And then there's that Tina Turner call you in the morning voice going on in my head, which is like a bit more singy, dancey, jokey.
0: Mm do the two get on oh yeah
1: i'm like i have something
0: <laughs> and when when you get into that flow state i mean talk to us i mean is it are, are you sort of lines of notes very neat and tidy or are you like crazy crazy sort of big picture big you know <laughs> let's write in the walls let's go crazy what's what is what is your flow state look like
1: oh it looks like get out of my way because i am i am on one i am Going for it, so I, it, it looks like I've got my headphones on. Very similar to now. Um, probably couldn't even tell you what I was listening to. So last week, I for example, I was had these headphones on. I was flow state. I was like power, 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 power. Korean pop music. Korean pop music came onto my Spotify, Spotify, and it took me down that. Didn't even know. Like two hours I've been listening to Korean pop music. I've never listened to Korean pop music, but was there. Um, and then it looks like having the screen, I'm working on whatever I'm working on and they next to me. It's always on the left hand side for some reason. Pen, paper and I'm just adding little notes. I'm not keeping on the lines. It's all over the place. It might even be on a piece of paper, like a bottom of a piece of paper. So I've used like half a sheet of A4, drawn a line underneath it and I'm just writing and writing and writing. and just whatever
0: i need to get the job done that's always awesome i mean do you, is there a certain set of circumstance that brings you to that state i mean are you
1: oh i wish i wish i could i wish i could tell you that i do it every day
0: if i i mean are you it's always an, do you enjoy pressure put it that way do you, do you enjoy a challenge and pressure and and or are you achieving before the goal or or the, the, the timeline where where are you at both
1: sometimes I'll actually leave something late later to, just to test myself to see if I can still pull it together at enough time. Um, but then other times I'm so far ahead. Um, it's yeah, I don't know how I differentiate between them.
0: It's like the uh, you know, the arsonist firefighter, right? You know, you're sort of <laughs> so I've set the building on fire, guys, just to let you know. But yeah. um, I'm really good, so I'm going to put the fire out too. It's like
1: <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So I'm there, like in one hand throwing the the fire at the building, and the other, I'm ready with the water to be like, here we go. Yeah,
0: yeah it's it's kind of mixed you both, isn't it? It's like, yeah, I'm I'm sort of yeah, sort of the 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 pleaser and and the achiever at the same time. It's trying to hit both. <laughs> hit both. Do you, are you generally? You know, are you, are you ever proud of yourself? Do you do you congratulate yourself? Are you are you good to yourself?
1: Yeah, I I always look back and I always make a habit of uh, if something big has happened of of embracing that, uh, acknowledging that, and sharing that with with either the team um, or with the wife. I think it's. You know, it's, what, it's one of those things in, in life. You've got to give yourself credit for what you've achieved because otherwise you'll just never enjoy it. You know, it's like the book Profit First by Mike McCullough. McCullough I can never say surname, McCullough, McCullough that book. <laughs> he talks about taking profit out of your business and every quarter taking out like a payment and doing something for yourself with that money and for me it's the same with the success the successes and the little wins in that business so you can get so day-to-day in the minutia of what you're doing you've you've got to do that and this is the reason to do that is because you've got to you'll learn to love your business then and you'll learn to have fun with it and for me that's like those mini successes and those big successes with the right people around me. Not like a massive stage going, oh my God, look what we've done. None of that, it's just like, you know, I think one of my last sort of big successes took me and the wife went out for a meal, used a two for one voucher. And uh, we just sat there and just enjoyed it. And it's like, oh, we're out to celebrate what, I've achieved but we just had a chat about her day my day and what i'm going to do next and those conversations i want to have more of especially with her
0: well what, what are sort of standout proud moments for you
1: proud moments for me the standout ones are my Betfair Trading Community, so my membership that's gone for, for so many years now and one of the reasons I'm so proud of it is we've got an amazing team, um, amazing set of people to work with uh, and we really, the values of that business seep through everything. So they seep through from me to the to the other guys that are involved in that business, to the members, to the marketing message, and I think it's a culture. And this is like, this is one of the things that I'm, I'm really digesting. If you set the culture right from day one, you will attract the people that you want to work with. You will attract the people, and that in terms of employing or having partners, that will do that. But then you'll also, the way you do your marketing will be in the right culture. Um, another book that I read called Traction by Gino Wickman, incredible book it's the only book that i won't lend out to people even though i know i can buy another copy that is my like bible um and that starts with the values of the business and when you put them into the business here it just seeps through everything the way you bring people in the way you market it just sets the business up the right way and that's one of the that's one of the things that i'm really really proud of and then the same with the membership mastery business those values that culture is is there um and i they're the things I'm really proud of. I'm really proud of my relationship with the wife. I'm proud of my two cats because I absolutely love those two little devils. Um, I'm, proud of, I'm proud of the person that I am.
0: Has that always been the case? I mean, uh, you know, have you always been good with yourself or is that a process? Yeah, I've never
1: been, I've never been negative towards myself. I've never had that, those darker times or anything like that. I've never, and that's really, that, that interests me because I don't know why. And I've, I've had friends that have, have asked me to be involved in various different startups as an investor or an advisor. and One of them mentioned to me about a mental health app, so I was curious. Started to research about mental health, find out a little bit more. And it was an app to to check in how people are feeling and sort of ask them how they're feeling and then try and give them the best, the best outcome or the best type of not treatment, but assistance help and learn from that. And it it dawned on me that. I'm actually in the minority. I haven't suffered from from mental health, and my sister has. She she's been harsh on herself. She's the first person to admit that. And I don't know the difference between us. We're both in the same situation. We're both in the same environment. And I always say to her that I think if she put her mind to something she would far outstrip anything I could achieve because, and I believe this with people with, uh, that have been to those dark places, they can do many million times things more than I can because they've been to a place that I'll never have been to. I haven't been to that dark place that they've been to and they've come back from and they're stronger from. So if they can harness that,
0: well... It's, it is. It's amazing. Yeah, there is the expression, you know, to sort of see the light, you've got to see the dark, you know, or, you know, from from great overwhelm comes great change. There's, there's all these sort of things. But it's interesting from your perspective when you don't sort of see that element of darkness, but yet you are successful, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's always interesting how... Yeah. Just different people's perspective and, and how you, is it a choice? Do you think is it something you've chosen or is it just something It's an unconscious thing for you?
1: I don't think it's a choice because I think if it was, I'd be able to tell you it's a choice. Um, so I don't think it's a choice. So I think it's just totally there.
0: Mm. Makes sense. So where, where are you at today? What's, what's your primary focus? Nice.
1: So, I mean, Lincoln, it's 20 to 20 to 3 I've had a ridiculously interesting conversation with you as well. That's going to spark, I'm sure quite a lot of, uh, thought from my perspective, but my primary focus right now is the membership mastery uh, and membership, um, to help people build, launch, and scale their membership. Uh, and that came out of the fact that I've tried quite a lot of different things in my own membership. Not all of those have worked, but they've cost me a lot of money. Some have made me good money. So friends, friends of friends was coming to me saying, can you help me online? Can you help me with this, 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 and this? And I could just see it. I could see the the path, I could connect the dots, and I could see where they were struggling and what they needed to do to get past that. So then I started helping people, and it's like, this is amazing for, for not just me, but for them as well. They get results, that I also get to, to help out in different businesses. Um, so that's where I am today.
0: I'll tell you one thing that's, that's sort of striking me slightly is, in some ways, you you think visually, or you you know, when it comes to the doing, bit, it comes across as visual. But in terms of when you're you're assessing, or you um you know you're trying to understand things, it's it's kinesthetic. Of does that mm-hmm. make sense? There's there's different there's different value sets come out at different times. Does does that make sense? Yes. Are you conscious of this? Is it a skill or is it?
1: No, this is the first time I've I've realized it.
0: Yeah. Just I was just struck there because you know there was the language changed when you talked about the mind mastery and stuff that you've you know, the, the, the sort of the membership mastery when you're actually going through that side of it, And, you know, I just say it and I do this or you know, this gets done. So yeah. Sorry, I slight a slight left turn there, but No, uh, I like it. <laughs> so, Talk to us about the pains. You talked about, you know, your own membership and some stuff you did well and some stuff you didn't. I mean, what, what are people going to resonate on that when they're trying to build a, build a, a membership site?
1: Oh man. Um, uh, how do you create content that your members actually want? So like most people just, they don't really understand that they give too much to their members and then it overwhelms them and then they want to leave. Um, that's a big one. Um, and I, don't know of any membership where people have left because there's too little content inside of there. Uh, and I think people will procrastinate on the tech of a membership. So what tech do you actually need? People will procrastinate on picking tech because by researching the tech and thinking about the tech, they feel like they're moving forward uh, on their membership. So overwhelming and the content you put inside of the tech and people just don't know how to price a membership. They just have no idea how much is this worth, what do I charge? And I always try to flip the question and then say, how much do you want to earn this, this year? Like, what do you need a year? What's your yearly income that you need? And then we get that, we divide it by 12. And then you go, okay, so you need X. How many sort of members do you want to serve? What's your? Do you want a big membership or do you want a little membership? Okay, well, if you want a medium-sized membership, what can you give people? What can you teach people? How can you interact with people that will, they will pay you X amount for it. It might be $97 a month or a a month. Well, then that's what you do. Um, so yeah, the, the things that they struggle with are overwhelm, um pricing and tech.
0: That's interesting because I, I would almost say it's like conscious, you know, you're a conscious competent or a conscious uncle. You know, you shrug the shoulders like yeah that's just just normal right you know this is you know <laughs> but that's three massive blocks for people but it's awesome that you can bring a solution for that to help people through that process which like for you is kind of a shrug of the shoulders like yeah that's what we do
1: <laughs> i think it goes back to that understanding though and and that's one of the one of the key things to me with the Membership mastery is that i still own and still am involved in Fair trading community so It's not like the fake guru type situation. I have that business. I try things in that business. I failed in that business. I share those failures, and I've been through those barriers. So that shrug of the shoulders is easy for me with those barriers, but if I'm talking to somebody and go, I want to run a marathon right now, me, I can't run a marathon, they might just shrug their shoulders and go, it's easy and then start to help so it's all about perspective and and where you are you know if you're a few steps ahead of somebody then you can help the people that are a few steps behind you
0: Hmm. i I mean that is such a key message for anyone because i know you know people sort of go right well once i once i'm top of my tree i'll then i'll turn around and i'll help people behind us but you only really need to be one step ahead right you know
1: yeah and i think knowing that as well it's like You you just need to be one step ahead and then know that people are going to come to you and then they're going to get what they need and then they might move on. So just be okay with that.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's sort of almost over-delivering. Talk to us about obsessive personality. There was something you self-confessed to right right at the start. Oh,
1: I've got such an obsessive personality. If I get my head into something, I will find out everything about it. I will research it I'll go crazy with it so it's like recent example I read the book ultra running by rich roll and then decided to read more ultra running books and also went plant powered for seven weeks just to give it a go because my brain is like well you can't really write it off unless you try it and then the more and more I read about it the more and more I thought okay this is actually pretty interesting let's give it a go let's be curious so yeah i'm quite obsessive about stuff like that Well, everything
0: so is there any chance you're going to be signing up for an ultramarathon anytime soon
1: i don't think i'm going to do that no i Ah, no way i don't think i could do a hundred mile well i think i think i could do it i don't want to
0: and there's there's the bespoke difference, right? You know, because yeah. must have met you know the tall born to run, the uh, Chris, uh, I can't remember his surname Kogel or something. I can't even remember his surname, but uh, yeah, they were talking about the, sort of the ultra marathon and barefoot running and vegan foods and, and plant based foods and all that. So much it is. I, I get that. You know, it's that sort of level of. Uh, I mean, do you, do you enjoy pushing yourself? Is that a challenge for you? That what am I capable of? What's my potential? Is that 100%. a percent?
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love to push myself.
0: And are you the best person to push you or are you generally, you know, are you are you I suppose what I'm trying to get at is are you pain or pleasure driven? You know, do you is it, is it the the opportunity or is it the challenge?
1: It's both in different contexts. So on a physical on a physical pursuit, I quite enjoy the pain. Um but then also, even on a, I've got scoliosis of the spine, um, and work with a strength and conditioning coach, and he said to me very early on, um, "You're gonna to get the results. You're gonna have to do these exercises repeatedly." And I was like, "I might not. I one in a million with your clients. Like, you tell me to do them, they'll be done. In fact, you'll have to not tell me to not overdo them because I know that they need to be done to get the result." And the pleasure of not having pain in my spine spurs me on. But then when I'm doing a workout to really push myself, the pain of that workout is just, I am sadistic with it. I enjoy that pushing your body. And then there's that mental clarity and that mental space and that mental air that's just like, I did that. So then when you do it again, it's like, this is getting easier. So I can clearly see why people do do ultra marathons because things get easier and easier and easier and easier for them. They're always looking for that next challenge, and it just gets crazy and crazy and crazier and crazier. But I don't think I want to do an ultra marathon.
0: <laughs> it's always interesting, but well, it's great. I mean, that that obsessive, you know, that sort of uh, you know that obsessive level for detail and understanding, and as you say, understanding how things work, right back to the window cleaning you know what's the opportunity you're you're going from abc well is there opportunities in between Mm. that that sort of level for detail is makes the difference right you know Mm. it's keeping going consistency what's out there
1: Mm. definitely and it's also you're already there so you know a lot of the time people fantasize about shiny objects but a lot of the time you've already got the resources, the skills in whatever you're doing to enhance and scale that. So it's like if I'd have got obsessed with shiny objects in window cleaning, I would have been doing something else that wasn't window cleaning that we weren't experts at. We were good at window cleaning. We were in the area. How do we maximize that? Well, there's 20 houses on the street. We only clean five of them. It makes more sense while we're here if we get another five. And then it's the, okay, well, is it easier to get five new houses on a street where you've already got five people or go and try and do something completely different that you know nothing about? Well, it's easier to get those five. That might not be sexy. That might not be what the gurus and lots of different people are pushing out there, but it works. It's repeatable. It works. It's sustainable. It just keeps going.
0: Well, what in your view are people looking for? You know, you talked about the sort of the shiny object and things like that. What why are they why are they missing the simple stuff?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. But that one, that's a tough question. That's what I'm gonna to have to ponder. on.
0: And it's funny because I my suspicion is that's that's your brain set where you kind of go on, you know, your particular mindset is kind of why why would you not just do ABC? Just connect the dots, right? It's simple. It's so yeah. simple. It's like, why can you not see it? Yeah, and everyone else is sort of looping Z three Y and back to K, and you're like, really? Why? why? Yeah. And it's it's yeah. It's amazing how <laughs> how people you know are are doing that you know in, in that way. Take us back then, in terms of your you know through your so the, the the betfair side of things. I'm curious then. What what is your as somebody there? What what's your profile as a you know somebody that bets? Are you are you sort of risk driven are you pleasure driven you know are are you driven by greed or driven by risk what's what's your what's your driver on that side
1: so i'm not driven by greed and i'm not really driven by the risk i'm driven by now i can see what's going to happen so my betfair stuff is is slightly different to probably what people would perceive to be to be uh, to be gambling, so Betfair is an exchange, so it matches people up who want to bet against each other. So because of that, it's not a bookmaker. So the market moves very similar to the stock market. is probably the best way to describe it. It's like investing in teams and athletes instead of um, companies. I just I just spotted movements. I just spotted why things were moving the way they were moving. So for example, if Man City are playing. A football team they're playing Burnley. Sergio Aguero is out Kevin De Bruyne is out but then all of a sudden their price starts moving in because De Bruyne has announced as fit and so Sergio Aguero will you could back Man City here and then lay them here and then get a guaranteed profit between the two so instead of just putting all your money on and then Man City winning and then you win you actually get the profit guaranteed over all the outcomes. There is risk for that because it can obviously go the other way. But I just, I just understood it. And on the TV show Billions, which I love, Bobby Axelrod says he went to the, to, the, to the stock market and he saw all those numbers flashing and he knew what they meant. And it's like, I know and work out and analytical, and um, I understand why things are going the way they're going, or why they could go the way they're going. And I'm more than happy to take that risk and that back myself that they are. But when I trade, I'm almost robotic. Like I am talking to you, and sort of singing and dancing, and we've had a laugh and a chat, and I've been quite expressive. This is a totally different person when I trade. The emotion has gone from that that element of of me trading. It's it's there's my entry point, that's my exit point for profit, that's my exit point for loss, that is the plan. I stick to it. This is my research, this is why I'm doing that trade, Done. and that's it. Um and that came about by pure chance, did Betfair.
0: And it is fascinating and I'm kind of struck back by, you know, almost the, uh, you know, in, t- in terms of the physiotherapy side of it, you know, and saying, well, here's physically as in the arms moving or whatever that's physically what's happening, what's going to happen mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, as you say, somebody is declared fit that changes psyche, that changes potential, that changes all the calculations. So again, it's sort of one world's crossing the other so, to bet on something, something has to happen. Well, I would imagine something has to happen in the physical world. But the mental ramifications are completely different, mm-hmm. so it's crossing both worlds there yeah super interesting yeah, I love it it's do you see it as a challenge i mean is it, and and who are you challenging are you challenging yourself or challenging others or what is it
1: so initially i I was just making too much money for a young boy. I found it easy. I was making good money on it, and then it, then it just became it became a driver. It became a tool to allow me to invest in property, to do other things, to live to live a life that I wanted to live. So I don't really see I don't really see it as a challenge to I'm challenging other people. I don't. I don't see it as a challenge to me. I see it as a challenge to beat. Not, I don't really see it as a challenge to beat the market. I see it as a data. I can see the pathway through this challenge that is profit, because that's what you're aiming for on that, on Betfair. So I can see the steps through, and then I execute, and then it's done. So I don't really know. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting one.
0: Who, who challenges you or who pushes you?
1: My wife. Myself. But my wife sort of, it's not a verbal challenge. It's more of a, I don't think she challenges me, she motivates me. I. I've always had drive and I've always had inner knowings of where I want to get to what I want to do. And then that's with her sort of by my side, it just reinforces that I want to do that, not just for me now, but for for her.
0: Kind of almost sounds like a mirror holding exercise, maybe. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And and you mentioned in in terms of, Heroes slash inspirational people in your life, and who who stands out? I mean, you mentioned your father previously. Mm-hmm.
1: Jurgen Klopp. Um, Why? So in, because he uh, he brought Liverpool the Champions League. He, but if I so I went on a I was a guest on a podcast recently, and they asked me a question, and it was all about geek culture and what superheroes you like. And I will just touch on that in a second, but Jürgen Klopp, and then that will knit in nicely, but Jürgen Klopp is a, is a people person. People want to be around him. People want to work for him. He challenges himself and the people around him. That is why I like Jürgen Klopp. Even if he wasn't a the manager of mighty, I would like him because of that. And on this podcast, the, the lady didn't tell me anything about it and she said, what superheroes do you like? And I said, like, For Captain America, she says, "Why do you like them? Tell me what about their character do you like?" So I said, "You know, they're funny. They um, they are loyal. They do the right thing, um, etc., etc. Lots of different values." Then she said, "Have you ever thought about the reason you like them is because they're the characteristics that you want to exemplify in yourself?" And I was like, "Boom! You've got it." And it's the same with with my heroes it's the same with you know Klopp. it's the same with those superheroes it's the same with my dad the values that i attribute that they've got and i put weight onto those values they're the ones that i want to work on myself or make sure that i'm striving towards
0: mm-hmm. it's yeah makes a lot of sense when you put it like that because mm-hmm. there's a great there's a great statement one of my mentors uses you know and it's when people are criticizing or pointing the finger, it's sort of saying, you know, what what is it in them that you see that you don't like about yourself? Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, well, let me just compute that for a sec. And then you go, Oh, ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it but it's flip side, I think it can be interesting too, because you know, the the expression you your voids are your values. It's something uh, you know, I've seen with a number of people and you know, earlier on, you, you put quite a strong emphasis around freedom. And, you know, I'd be curious to where, to know, where does that come from? What does that mean to you?
1: I think it's cause I've never really had a, a boss per se. So I haven't had sort of that. I haven't had anyone really telling me where to be, when to be, what to do. and. Um, that is giving me a lot of happiness, you know, if you know, you're growing up and you're in your young 20s and your friends are at work and they're hating their job and then that's such a big part of their life, and then that impacts their evenings and their weekends and various different bits and bobs. And I've not really had that. I've been able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. So it's I've, I've always had that
0: but does that does that do you feel stretched are you fulfilling your potential as the term goes
1: yeah i mean for me it's like i know what i need to achieve every single week and i learn a great thing from tim Ferriss, where he writes down three things big things or three things that he wants to get done that day once they're done it's like okay well how am i feeling do i want to do any more mm. yeah okay well i'll carry on and then i I won't, but then that also links back into the book I read, Traction. With Traction, you plan out where you want the business to be five, 10, three years, and then the one-year goal. And then from that one-year goal, you have quarterly meetings and quarterly rocks, and then you work on what you want to work on from the quarter. So that just gives me that going back to that direction of where I need to go. So for this quarter, where do I need to go? Well, once that's achieved, Or once I've done everything that I can to a point, it's it's pointless me hustling more or working more. I don't think you need to be hustling all the time. It's actually in the downtime. I mean, for for yourself and anybody listening, has a breakthrough ever come through in your life or business when you've been hustling on something?
0: Typically in the shower, so I don't think that's hustling.
1: Exactly. So... me too as well. I get some great ideas in the shower. And then, you, so giving yourself the, that time to do that will actually make you more successful or happier because you'll be working on complex problems, which is where you, where I should be as a business owner. Hmm. So, yeah, hopefully that answers the question.
0: No, it does. I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's relative to all and it's amazing what pushes us and how we stretch ourselves and see ourselves. But I mean, are you, you know, by the sounds of it, you're quite, you're quite uh, prolific in your planning. Is that, is, that a fair, is that a fair statement?
1: Yes. But I think saying that comes from having a team and making sure that we know where we're going. Because when I know where I'm going, then you can literally unchain me and let me go.
0: How would it be for you if, if you weren't liked?
1: There is people that don't like me. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to me. I grew up I was six foot I was six foot I'm a ginger kid. I always say that. It's like I was one of the taller kids in my school. Doesn't matter. I think too many people put too much emphasis on for me, whether people like them or not. And I'm very fortunate. I'm surrounded by people maybe I gravitate to people who are older than me and they're like it really doesn't matter you get to an age where you realize that people don't that, that makes no impact on your life at all so maybe I've just got there a little bit quicker but and I said it earlier I make no apologies for the person that I am
0: I'm just I'm, I'm slightly struck you know because when you talk about sort of influencers or or you know superpowers and things like that there was there's a, There a, seems to be a bit of a threat in terms of, you know, being, you know, an influential person or more so someone that's able to connect on that side. And I was just curious about how it would be the other way around is to to not connect or to to have disapproval and, and disapproval and people.
1: But it's only connecting to the people that share the same values as you. So by projecting who you are completely, completely and this is me, Mm. Uh, and I won't break into song right now from my greatest show, don't worry but by projecting this is who I am and sharing those values, those people that are like you will raise their hand and will engage with you so the people then who don't share your values or don't like you for whatever reason won't and that, that doesn't impact me, the people that want to engage with me and that like me will come forward and then we will engage the people who don't it doesn't matter, you know. We put we put so much content out there, and some seriously funny negative comments. And one of my guys in BTC is like, "How do you handle the negative comments?" Like, I don't know. I've got skin like a rhino, and I think that comes down to me mentioning before about that crazy lady who I lived with—crazy, strong lady. My mother, she never ever cared what anybody thought about her ever, and that's filtered into me. And I, I, people, friends say to me, I don't know how you can walk into a room not knowing anyone and come out with new friends and not care what people think. I I don't know. I just go and have a chat.
0: (laughs) I've got this this picture in my mind of like a ginger Neo from The Matrix. (laughs) It's like you're you're seeing the flow and the numbers and you can see the patterns and all the rest except your ginger. It's like okay.
1: Oh yes. That is the best thing I've ever heard. It's
0: like just as you speak, it's like, yeah, some people get me, some people don't, but I can see the patterns, I can see the sequence, it's just there.
1: Oh, I love this. <laughs>
0: So I was just about left. I was like, yeah, let it go. If that's the thought that came in, just put it out there, you know? Yeah,
1: for it. I would have done.
0: <laughs> uh, what's a guilty pleasure for you, Ryan? Taylor Swift. What? I love
1: Taylor. I don't know. I just love Taylor
0: Swift's
1: music. But is it a guilty pleasure if I openly admit it?
0: Well, you see, people pick me up on the terminology. It's like, what's what's something that just left your own devices? Your, you know you know listen the, probably 80% of people say chocolate <laughs> and the, the smiles from ear to ear so hey let's just guilty if it's there and it's getting with well, yeah I love this it's like so um should we shout out to your ex yeah we're all there
1: 100% <laughs> love Taylor Swift's music absolutely love it
0: but why is it is it her is it the music what is it? Is the feel-good factor
1: I think it's all three I think I think it's all three I just love the music it's like it's a bit it's a bit of my personality as well isn't it it's like it's high energy it's what it is so it resonates with me i really like country music anyway um, and then again that it, Taylor swift was my first foreign to country music and then my obsessive personality starts listening to more country music and then i start finding these incredible artists that are like new country so it's not the old what everybody perceives to be country music um, and then i find so many artists that i like which then increases my exposure to different kinds of music and different tastes and then i learn more from that so so yeah it's the music i love it
0: kind of getting like ginger neo tina turner walk cowboy boots I'm just kind of shooting from the hip, but that, that's again, this picture's it's, evolving.
1: It's a hell of a picture, that isn't it? <laughs> I could see how much you want to uh, you want to see that, don't you?
0: It's kind of like my my chimp, you know. It's like, yeah, it's dressed up, his bikini on, it's badly applied lipstick, it's the whole works. Just, I may,
1: I may dress <laughs> my chimp up like that now.
0: Yeah, it's kind of going. Yeah, it's a bit of a pest. Take it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, you might be serious, but you look like a real chimp in drag, you know. It's like. <laughs>
1: i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna do that i'm gonna dress it up as a tina turner taylor swift
0: neo <laughs> with cowboy boots <laughs> it's like, oh this is just a, a right turn love it love it <laughs> what uh leisure and pleasure for you then what does that look like
1: it's all blended into one hmm. so uh, the people i do business with i associate with i play golf with i run with i see on on weekends i see for coffee um the wife obviously features heavily in in that we go for coffee, go for meals, we share time together. We go away. We we are curious when we go. Well, I'm more curious than she is. Uh, I will just randomly say to her, "We're booking Iceland tonight. We're off to Iceland." And she's like, "Ooh." So yeah, just golf, football, tennis, running, coffee, movies, Taylor Swift music just could be anything it might even change who mm. knows
0: i love that it's great variability so tell me in, in one or two words then what's what's your fire in the belly fun it's amazing the number of people that <laughs> give me about four paragraphs i love it you've done it 100 mm-hmm. percent, Ryan. where can people follow you reach out to you learn more about you
1: Cool. Yeah. So if people like this and they want to reach out to me, you can find me on sort of all of the socials. I'm most active on Facebook, just Ryan Carruthers. You'll see Ginger Kid with a blonde lady, the wife. Um, if you want more about sort of membership stuff, if you go to the membershipmasterycom you'll find all the information that you need there. And that's the easiest place to get me. Don't be scared. Reach out, say hello, and uh, we'll have a chat.
0: love it. What final message would you like to leave with people?
1: Oh, that's a really tough one, isn't it? Um,
0: that's a weird final message, but <laughs> that's okay.
1: Uh, I would just say that no matter what it is, no matter what the fire in your belly is, just be curious. Don't be scared because, let's be honest, stress is boring. It's the same thing. Every single day, never changes. Curiosity changes massively and will enrich your life in ways that you have no idea on how or why just yet. So just experience that a little bit.
0: Love it. Brian, thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. Do you know, this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And by the boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.